right, welcome back to another episode of the Carter Cast. I'm your host, Carter Vaughn. Today, we do our college basketball and NBA recap show. It's just Connor and I on the pod today, and it's a great one. One of the best ones we've done yet. We recap the Duke-Notre Dame game very briefly, and then we get into the UNC-Louisville game with the Armando Baycott tripping incident, and then we preview the greatest rivalry in all of basketball, Duke versus Carolina. We give our predictions, we preview the game, we get into it. Then we also talk about Lamella Ball and Miles Bridges, the Hornets being snubbed from the All-Star game. We talk about injury replacements, who should have been replaced, and then we talk about the Lakers, whether they're making a comeback or not. Are the Jazz able to make the playoffs? Are they a real solid team or not? And then we get into NBA trade talks. Some news came out while we were on the show. So I hope you all enjoy. It's a great show. But before we get into our college basketball and NBA recap show, we are brought to you by Talk. PodTalk is the best way to listen to podcasts. It has the best interface compared to every other podcast listening app out there. I use PodTalk myself. Go join group discussions on your favorite podcasts like this one. Go join the CarterCast group discussion in PodTalk right now. Download PodTalk in the App Store today. Now our college basketball and NBA recap show. All right, we are back with our college basketball and NBA recap show. It's just Connor and I today. We decided not to do an interview. It's the Duke Carolina preview. Let's just get right into it. Or let's First off, let's recap this week's games. Let's start off with Duke-Notre Dame. Let's get the boring one out of the way. Duke dominated Notre Dame, didn't score much, had control the whole game. Duke wins by like 14, easy win. Mm-hmm. I don't think we have to talk much about that game. No. It was pretty easy well let's talk about the game everybody was freaking out about carolina louisville maybe the worst officiated college basketball game we have ever seen it's coming from a carolina fan and they just let it go on both ways way too long and at the end it got really really chippy and really testy and everybody was like bitching and complaining about non-calls whatever it may be the refs let it get out of hand none of that would have happened if they would have taken control of the game and made consistent calls like you see this all the time and then the mm-hmm. crowd was hostile. They were throwing ice on the floor. Like, it was just all around the shit show. We mentioned, I mentioned this before the podcast. It's hilarious that with an ACC officiating crew, whenever they're terrible, everybody's just hammering Teddy Valentine. Teddy Valentine wasn't even a part of that crew. He, he, he should have been. He would have fit right in. He, would, he would might have made a little more of a show about it. But, no, it was horrible. It was a horribly officiated game. Both ways. I'm not going to say that, like, it was rigged one way or the other. It, it got out of hand quickly. I mean, Baycott, let's just talk talk about it. We've been yelling at each other. We've been texting nonstop all week. This is the argument we've come to, basically, is that I, I, as a Carolina, diehard Carolina fan student here, I will not sit here and say that that was a basketball play. It was, it was not. But, 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 if for, for people that have not seen it, Baycott clearly goes after and tries to injure the Louisville player by going after his knee. It looked like he tried to like grab him or something, like grab him or something like that. That is dirty. I'm not saying it's not, but you have been arguing that he deserves the same treatment Grayson Allen got after he started doing this shit. Okay. And it's not the same. It's just okay. not the but same. Grayson Allen's first offense, everybody's like, oh, this is only Baycott's first offense. Grayson Allen's been a dirty player this whole time. But I'm talking about after the first offense. Let's take the first offenses. Let's compare the two. Grayson Allen jutted out his leg and tripped somebody after probably what, like okay. turning the ball over or something like that? I don't know. I, I'm not saying they're not dirty, and I know you're saying they're different, but at the end of the day, it, they both were not basketball players, and they were trying to trip the other person. I just don't know if he was trying to, like – he was trying Watch to grab him play. or whatever. I've seen it a million times. How if this was not a Carolina player, this was an NC State player, a Wake Forest player, a Duke player, you would be freaking out. You would be calling for him to go to prison for multiple. No, I wouldn't. No, I would. Yes, you would. If it was a Duke player, you would be calling for his head. I'm not saying it wasn't dirty, but it is not nearly on the same level as any of Grayson Allen's offenses. You can compare one to the other. I'm talking about one. I'm not talking about the whole set. Yes, Grayson Allen has made dirty plays. I get that. I'm not denying that. Oh, and I, I will say the first one too. The first time he tripped somebody is worse than that Baycott video. 
You can choose any of his trips. You can say even if it's a little worse, but it's still, he's going after, it's a dirty play. You should get the same treatment. No, you should not. He should not get the same treatment as that. He had been. If he was a Duke player, he would be getting murdered right now. Just maybe he's Carolina. Maybe he was just trying to get up because he got fucking tabletopped and spent over You're backwards gonna complain and pulled about that down. Game. You're going to complain about that game the whole time. When, the, when it was clearly rigged in care. They called the foul on Louisville. We deserve that. It was karma. Got, elbowed him in the throat. If you go replay that game and watch the whole two-hour whatever game, I, I can point it. out I can point out twenty plays where Baycott is getting both arms below his waist held down. What is he supposed to do? You could do the same. You could call the same thing for Louisville. No, no, you couldn't. You could not. Yes, you could have. If you go watch that game, he gets pulled down every single rebound, and they don't call it just because he's bigger or stronger, whatever than the, than the other team. He's getting literally both arms below his waist, so he can't jump or get a rebound. Baycott should, Baycott should be suspended for Saturday. <laughs> oh, I bet you would love that, huh? Actually, no, I don't want that. I want a full-strength Carolina game. Let's yeah, go into yeah. that. Enough about the Baycott thing. Obviously, we're going nowhere with this. But let's talk about the game Saturday. This I, – I don't – tell me – We're already – we're already not at full strength, so. Because I'm, I'm not going to say anything. All right, let's talk. Carolina Duke, Saturday. It feels like this is the first time in maybe – those you, you know how like those Trey Jones, uh, the Cole Anthony. Obviously, that was an awesome game. Came down in the last mm. minute. They, were, I mean, they were, but the build up to those games did not seem as real as past Duke Carolina games. Last year, obviously, did not have the same effect because Duke sucked last year. Yeah, there's no fans in the arena. It was there's no build up really. It didn't mean yeah. as much. This one feels like it means a lot, even though Carolina's not top twenty five. They're not as high as they used to be. It still feels like, oh, crap, this is a real Duke Carolina game. There's not, like, yeah, like, both teams aren't, like, top 10 or top 25 or whatever, but it still feels like that it's going to be more competitive than in the last couple of years. Like, I agree with what you're saying, like, the more build up and whatever, because I think, if I'm not mistaken, the winner of the game tomorrow is first place in the ACC standings. Maybe not outright, but I think it's for first place in the ACC standings. I think it's for a share. Yeah, so, Depen- I mean, they're- Depending on the Notre Dame game, I believe. No, I think with no, I think with the games this week, it came down to now the game on tomorrow will be for it's first the, place. It's in the, the game tomorrow because Duke uh, hasn't played enough games. They're eight and two. The rest are eight and three, including Carolina. Yeah, and then if Carolina wins, they obviously jump Duke. Yeah, so it, it feels like a, a little different atmosphere. I agree. I don't think Garcia is going to play, which sucks because we have, don't really have any size. But I mean, we're not going to play a bench anyways. I get. I I would not be surprised if we have if we don't have more than like. 15 total bench minutes in the game tomorrow. It's kind of the opposite. Every year, that's how it is for Duke. We play seven guys. Maybe one guy gets in for like four or five minutes if there's foul trouble. Yeah. But we're always a seven-man rotation. It's just kind of flipped. Carolina never usually has that because last year we had the death with, you know, Kessler, Dayron Sharp, all those people. And we, we played like 10 guys a game, mm-hmm. whether it be for small minute runs, whatever it may be. Like we still play 10 guys a game. And this year, it's literally been five. But this this genuinely feels like the first like real buildup to a Duke Carolina game since that 2019 ACC tournament game. I mean, it's nowhere comparable to that one because that was the Zion's yeah. return, and everyone's like, yeah. "Oh my goodness!" Like we finally get the real game. That's why before I was saying I don't want Baycott to be suspended or anything. Like I want Carolina to be full strength. I want the real game. I agree, and I don't want any like fluke shit either because I mean, it sucks. Garcia is not going to play, but in the end of the day, like it's not the worst. Like. You know, like he's a good player, but are you worried about? Are you worried about Ben Caro murdering Brady Manick? I don't think he'll be guarding Ben Caro. There's no way. Who who's going to guard Ben Caro? I don't know. They got they got to figure out something else because he is just a liability on defense. I don't know what they'll do. I don't know if they'll just risk it and put like put Ben like yeah, like Manick like Mark Williams or something like that, or just I don't. I honestly don't know. But if they leave Brady Manic on an island against Bancaro, it's going to be 10 straight possessions with a bucket, and then we're going to have to change something up. Is Caleb Love going to go off for his typical 30 points because he was pet- pissed Duke didn't pick him? Oh, of course, yeah. Was he? I think I saw the numbers today. He's averaging like 20-plus points, seven assists, and like 80% shooting or something ridiculous like that against Duke in his career so far. Okay, biased Carolina fan, what's your prediction for the game and what happens? So I think this whole year I've thought that Carolina and Duke would split the series, and I think like tomorrow will Carolina will win because I don't think there's any way Duke will lose at home on Coach K's last game in Cameron. I don't think there's any way Duke would lose that one. 
And my theory has always been that there's going to be a split. So I feel like Carolina's going to win tomorrow. I don't want to jinx it, knock on wood, whatever. I feel like it's going to be close, though. And I think there's a good chance it'll be close tomorrow. And there's a good chance the second meeting will be a complete, like, blowout. I mean, obviously, I'm not going to pick Carolina to lose. But any normal, like, functioning Duke Carolina fans that's watched these games for however long you've been alive, you always just bet on the split. Yeah, exactly. Always bet on the split. But – that being said, looking at the matchups and what I believe is going to happen, I think the final score is going to be 82-65 Duke. I think Duke's going to wipe them. I think Duke's going to wax them tomorrow. Carolina's going to go too much hype around them. They got lucky in that Louisville game. You can't lie. I'm going to go if we come out if we come out shooting like we did against NC State, I'm going to go 77 to 70. Carolina. I feel like there'll be more scoring than that. But we did talk about this before. It's going to get chippy. Yeah, and I, I think maybe like with the Carolina Louisville game, like I feel like the referees have probably seen that. And like the ACC has been scrutinized a lot about it for sure. They've probably told the officiating crew to keep it under control from the start. Like, what do you think? I mm-hmm. feel like there's going to be a no tolerance for like any physical play. Somebody's going to get in foul trouble early. My, I'm, I want to have this prediction. I wish there was a sports book that could make this, this prop. I want Theo John to get a flagrant, flagrant one foul at like plus 400. <laughs> I mean, you know, Mark Williams will get two fouls in five minutes, and Theo John will come in and just absolutely man clobber somebody. <laughs> he, I could easily dude, the see biggest that. Biggest elbows, dude. I thought he would be a bigger factor for y'all this year than he's what he been has great. been. But he doesn't Mark, play that much. I feel like just Mark Williams, and then we, yeah. we some teams we just have to go small ball against. Yeah, I've noticed that too. Is Keels playing? Keels is playing. He played against Notre Dame. Looked a little rusty. Um, yeah, Duke's full strength though. I. I, I mean, I genuinely believe – I think Duke comes in and dominates that game. And this is a – I don't huge, think so. This is a huge pivotal game for Duke because I think this will take them from a national title contender or they're just a good team. If they lose this game, it feels like they're just a good team. If they win this game, I feel like it takes them to that national title contender because this Carolina game is totally different no matter mm-hmm. how bad or good either team is at the time. This Duke-Carolina game is completely different. It's like a Final Four game to where it doesn't matter how good you've been all year. It matters how you are and the crazy emotions of that game. I was actually going to speak on that real quick. Like you said, the emotions or whatever. The Dean Dolman uh, this past weekend against State, I was at the game where I was working the game running the basket. That's the loudest I've heard the Dean Dolman in a long time was against NC State. And I'm sure it was like, dude, like, you know, Michael Jordan being there and Roy Williams Day, like it was packed. But if it, it can like replicate that environment, like that's a tough, that's a tough place to play in. Like, obviously Cameron, but, like, the Dean Dome was getting scrutinized for, like, too many seats, whatever. That was a really tough environment in this past weekend. So, if that can be, like, replicated, if Carolina can keep it close, I think that will play somewhat of a factor. I will say this. I think – uh, I'm not trying to say whether there should be masks and crap at the arena, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But, like, we do see a difference when we – like, when we were talking to Jeff Nadu, we see a difference in these SEC teams like Auburn and LSU, their home court advantage. None of these people are wearing masks. The masks do limit the noise. They do. And the thing is, the, the problem with that is, at the Dean Dome at least, they don't enforce that for any of like the normal seats, but mm-hmm. they do have somebody like on full-time duty watching the student section, constantly telling people to like pull their mask up or whatever. So that, I feel like that I, – I agree. But, yeah, but. Duke has the same thing. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think, Duke, I think Duke destroys them. Who's guarding Bancaro? I just think – he might, he will probably have a game. He will probably go off, sure. But I can easily see it being one of those games where nobody else has ever eight points. And then it's just Bancaro shooting 10 for 25, and nobody else shoots more than eight times. And Wendell Moore screws up at the end or something like that. I genuinely believe that Carolina's best lineup against us is benching Brady Manick and playing Kerwin Walton and him guarding Wendell Moore. And putting I, Leaky, Leaky and Black. Putting Leaky on, Black, yeah. I think Bancaro. that's what might happen, anyways. I think Manick will still start. But they might start him on like Wendell Moore over yeah. Bankera. Oh my goodness! But yeah, I, I this is a pivotal game for the Duke season. They've seen it. They've been able to grind out these mat, these last few ACC games, winning against Wake, winning against Notre Dame. I mean, almost handily too. Yeah, but we were that, we were sorry, go ahead. And well, then just dominating Syracuse, like we mentioned, the Syracuse game. That's always a get right game. It is. It is. I don't know when Syracuse. You think when Beheim leaves or retires, whatever, maybe they'll stop running the zone. 
It depends who comes in after him. It'll probably be like one of Bayheim's players that he had that became an assistant. One of Bayheim's disciples. Joe Girard yeah. comes back. <laughs> Joe Girard comes back in the flutch. Buddy just goes into a grad assistant role and slowly takes over. <laughs> Oh, my God. Speaking of the other ACC, though, we were spot on about this before the season. We both said Wake would be better than NC State this year. Carolina ass-blasted NC State this past weekend. They look horrible this year. Wake looks good. Probably ACC Player of the Year in Alondis Williams. Yeah, ACC Player of the Year Alondis Williams, no doubt. NC State, I will say, they they had a season of hell to begin with. They yeah. had no chance of being good. when Especially when Manny Bates went down. Manny Bates was playing, and they were still at the bottom three or four of the ACC that's where I think, okay, Kevin Keats has no excuses. You need to be fired. I still don't believe in Kevin Keats. I don't know what NC State, NC State fans believe. I feel like the ones in our life are just like kind of 50-50 on it too. Just like you yeah. don't think he's the guy, but you can't fire him yet because he like still like deserves one. He hasn't had a, I guess. a fair like a really fair so, shot. Yeah. Exactly. There was a but, sign at the there's a sign at the game that said, you know, like the, like the Kevin Keats is a winner. There was a sign that uh, I saw at the game this past weekend that was like, Kevin Keats is a wiener. And it was like him on like the hot dog emoji. <laughs> when fa- f- Facebook made it to the Carolina game. Dude, I'm telling you, though, sitting under the basket for that game, there was a, almost like a couple fights. Like you could see firsthand how chippy it was. And then like this one guy for state, I cannot remember who it was. It was one of the bench players that came in at the end. Like somebody in our student section said something to him. And he turned around and said something back, like right near our bench or something like that. Like, I would never notice that. It's, like, on TV. But you see, like, how chippy it is and everything? Mm-hmm. Oh, God, I don't know. But you'll be at the game tomorrow, right? Oh, yeah, I'll be there. I got a phase one ticket. Me and Chip both got phase one now. So uh, it's going to be an all-day thing. For those of you who don't know, it's, like, an all-day experience. It's, like, 12-hour experience. I have to be there tomorrow at 8 in the morning to get my randomization number or whatever. Go to college game day, 930s, doors open. Starts at 11, ends at 1230 get my like line ordering at like 1 p.m. and we have to stay in line till 3 30 which is when phase one enters and then the game starts at six so i can't leave really so do they decide who takes the half court shot uh before or like during college game day i don't know i think it's during college game day i'm not sure so if you or chip can shoot the half court shot i don't know maybe i don't know actually i don't know how that works i can't speak on that That'd be crazy. Ah, I got to tune in just for that. Um, we'll be there. Okay. We'll be yeah, there. but yeah, 82-65 Duke. That's your prediction? Night. I'm going 77-70 to 70, Carolina. It's going to get chippy. We're going to see a lot of fouls. <laughs> a lot of fouls on both sides. It's going to be double. Second half is going to be double bonus with 13 minutes to go. I was going to say, there's going to be a lot of fouls early. 100%. Yeah, Somebody, be- somebody's getting two fouls within like the first two minutes. Yep, and it's oh, no, going to just change the whole complexion of the game. doesn't matter yeah. if it's either Caleb Love or it's like Trevor Keels. Yeah. Or if it's one of the big men. Uh, all right, let's move on from the Duke-Carolina game. Real quick, I will be at Duke – or not Duke. I will be at BYU-Gonzaga tomorrow. BYU's biggest game. BYU has dropped three in a row, the first time in the Mark Pope era they've ever lost consecutive games. Uh, BYU's about to get destroyed. Yeah, Gonzaga's been looking better and better recently. They're I so good. This They're is one so of those games. This is one of those games where it's like, okay, like BYU's one of the best teams they'll play the rest of the year. This might be a statement game. The in the Marriott Center is, I think, a top five <laughs> home court advantage. The night of the Gonzaga yeah. game might be the second best home court advantage in all of college basketball. Uh, mm-hmm. It's going to be rough. Rough as a BYU fan tomorrow. Or I. They we got, we have they're just not they're just flat out not good. We have cast members at both huge rivalries tomorrow. I, UNC Duke and BYU. It's Gonzaga. brutal for me. And people watching on video, they're like, is he wearing a Duke sweatshirt and a BYU hat? Yes, I am. Suck it. I don't care. <laughs> um, BYU, oh my gosh, BYU is so bad. They're so bad. They have no guys that can just play one-on-one besides Alex Barcel. And it's hard for him to create his own shot. It is it is gonna be that BYU has no big men. Okay, for people listening, if you know Connor Sparrow, he is roughly 6'6". Oh, yeah. If you've seen Connor Sparrow in person, that is the equivalent to our center at BYU, who is 6'6". A little bit bit longer wingspan, but he is still only 6'6". Going against Drew Timmy, Timmy, who is 6'10", 6'9", and Chet Holmgren, who is 7'1". Yeah, that's not going to work out. Like you can say what you want to about small ball, whatever. Like, oh, just box out, get the low man wins. There comes to a certain point where height's just better, and you just can't teach it. 
If you if you have three forces on somebody, you're going to get every rebound. You're going to score consistently in the post, no matter whatever the defender's doing. I'm trying to look up the lines right now for the games. Uh, but, I mean, I'm excited to go. This will be my first BYU-Gonzaga game. I've never been to one. That will be really cool. There are no lines out yet. Um, I predict BYU will be about a 17-18 point underdog. Would you? Dang, really? Yeah, I mean, they lost by 22 to Gonzaga last time. Yeah. And they lost on Thursday to San Francisco by 14. I don't know if it'll be that high. I would, I would say maybe like 13 or 14. I don't know if it'll be 18. If it's anything below 15, I would take Gonzaga if I was you. I'm not lying. Yeah, that's I mean, good. We didn't bring up the Carolina Duke line. I think it's going to be Duke minus three or two and a half. I was thinking four and a half to four. You think it'll be that high? I do. I think it'll be four. Over-under is going to be about like 154 and a half, I think. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's going to be high because Carolina over-unders are always, always over-inflated. Yeah. I think it'll be pretty high. And I don't, I don't, I don't mind the over because we were talking about the foul trouble. I think there's going to be a lot of free throws. I do too. Even though my score prediction, I said 82 to 65. That's still not even close to that. Exactly. I said 77 to 70. That's 147. So yeah, like, I, well, I said one, 147 too. Oh, um, hmm. interesting. Can we get an exact prop where we can bet exactly 147 <laughs> in the game? If that hits, that's a little crazy. Um, but, yeah, no, BYU, I'm excited to go. BYU to win by uh, 10 or more plus 30,000. Uh, bet it right now. Put the mortgage on it. Yeah, no. BYU's about to get smacked. Anything else in college basketball? Uh, no, I think that's it. Uh, there'll be a very different show next week when we discuss the results of these games. Oh, also, while you're listening, coming this mm, either Monday night or Tuesday morning, we're trying to get it worked out, we're going to do – we're not going to do NFL recap. There's nothing to recap. We're not going to recap the Pro Bowl or anything. We're going to do a Super Bowl preview, and then we're going to do a whole props show. We're going to have our man Dylan on. Connor, you're more than welcome to come on if you want to. We're going to have Grant on. Brian is just coming on for the preview. He is not coming on for the props show, FYI. Just nice. wanted to get that out of the way before I forget. All right, let's move on to the NBA, the biggest news that came out. I believe it was last night. Hornets got snubbed in the All-Star game. LaMelo Ball and Miles Bridges did not make the all-star team. Uh, Connor, I'll let you just go ahead with this one. If you know anything about the NBA, how can you, how can you like, be okay with this? Chris Middleton gets in, and you know what that is? I was talking to my friends last night on Xbox about it a little bit. Chris Middleton, okay, they won a championship. Sure, he was great. This year alone, this year for the all-star game, he is not better than LaMelo, Miles Bridges. He has not been playing better than these guys. No, even, I mean you. You look at even, the stats. It's not. He's he's averaging what nineteen six and six. Yeah, or like a little better shooting percentage. And the Bucks are a couple games ahead of the Hornets in the standings. I wouldn't have even been mad if you told me Jared Allen got in over Chris Middleton. I'd be like, okay, Chris Middleton's not even the second best player on his team this year. I would argue Drew Holiday should have gotten in over him. That's my. I, I really would. I really would. The issue is for like the people that want Lamelo in. Is he's is he classified as a small forward or a shooting guard? Point guard. No, Middleton, they, Middleton, Middleton. Oh, Middleton. No, he – I don't know. Does that matter on the bench? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think it does. There, there was zero big men on the east bench. Okay. Then then there's no explanation for this thing. Yeah, I, I don't think that matters. Like, how can the NBA be this dumb? They rig the all-star people who they want in anyways. It's why just hangover from – Why not put your biggest rising star in the game? You want excitement. You want, you know, people to watch or whatever. Maybe you want highlight plays. This dude literally does, like, Showtime Hornets plays every other game. He literally imagine, runs the House of Highlights account. Imagine what he would do in the All-Star game. Like, if you're just looking for entertainment value, give me a break. And he was, like, what, fourth in the East Guards and fan voting? And then all of a sudden, they just don't select him for the bench? Give me a break. He probably – I mean, the jersey sales, he has to be in the top five in the NBA. I, I think mean, everywhere you look, I think he's I eight. In, I, I'm here in Utah and Salt Lake. Whether it's eight, he's in the top ten at least. Yeah, yeah. I live here in Salt Lake City. I see a Lamelo Ball jersey all the time. Okay, here's you can tell me if I'm wrong here. I think he should have been in over Chris Middleton. I really think he should have been over Van Fleet because the Raptors they're okay. Like we're like right neck and neck with them in the standings. The Hornets are. But if I'm you not, look at the percentages, the stat, like the actual statistics, Lamelo is a, is better than him. I'm not upset about Darius Garland making it in. 
Over I'm not either. I think I think he deserves it. What he's done for the Cavs is insane. I would have been upset if the Cavs got two and we got none. If they got Jared Allen in and we got none, I would be really pissed. But Darius Garland deserves it. Absolutely. Darius Garland. He's so good. And All right. Even Okay, let's look at Fred Van Fleet's stats compared to Lamella. Okay. Fred Van Fleet averages 21.5 <laughs> points per game, 7.1 assists, 4.7 rebounds, 41 from the field, 39 from three, and like one and a half steals. But Lamella's averaging one and a half steals as well. Lamella Ball, 19.9 points per game, so 1.6 points per game difference, 7.7 assists, more, 7.2 rebounds, more. Way more. 42% from the field, higher. And 36 from three. He's 3% lower from three. Averages basically all the same stats, if not better. And he's leading his team. The Hornets are right above. They have more wins than the Raptors. Exactly. And if you if you look at the fan voting, I don't understand how LaMelo is like fourth and Van Fleet was like eighth. But then like Van Fleet just automatically gets in over him. Because fan voting doesn't matter. I mean, they had Jeremy Lin getting like the second amount of votes every year for like three years straight. I just I can't believe it. And even though like you can argue Van Fleet, which I obviously agree with, you can even argue Jimmy Butler, who's missed almost half the season. Obviously, his numbers are good enough to be in. The Heat are really good, so I guess you can't have them not be represented in the All Star game. If I get that, but he's only played half the season, a little over half the season. How do you feel about Miles Bridges not making it? I feel like both of us realized it probably wasn't happening. I was more okay with that. I, all along, I thought Lamelo was going to make it on the actual bench, and then if Miles got in, it would be like a second or third injury replacement. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not pissed off that he didn't make it, although I think he should make it over Chris Middleton. I will say both of them should make it over Chris Middleton. Yep. We didn't get one all-star. We finally have a fun team. We're finally good. We didn't get one all-star. But we're the most exciting team in the league. Yeah, we're the most exciting team in the league. How do we not get an all-star? We've been top seven in the standings the entire season, and we're not represented. Are we the only, are we the only team that's not represented in the top – because Tatum got in. Yeah. And they're below us, though. Yeah, we're the only team. Trey Young got Tatum, in, right? Trey, yeah. So out of the top 10 teams, we're eighth. We've been seventh all year. We don't, we're the only ones that an all-star. And the My, thing is, yeah. eighth is kind of a lie because the Raptors are 27 and 23. We're 28 and 24. Yeah, we're top. So we're, we're really that. seventh. Yeah, we're really seventh. So out of the top 10 teams in the East, we're the only team represented without an all-star. Give me a fucking break. I think that's horrible. We talked about this before. It seems obvious, though, that Kevin Durant is going to get in or is going to be injured, not play, and then Lamelo is yeah. going to take his spot in there. Will he, though? I don't know if they can do that with the positions because he's a starter. But then it would be Miles Bridges, right? I don't know who else it would be from the East. Because wouldn't they just bring a guy off the bench that's there now and make him a starter? I guess, yeah. I don't know how they do that. It's the commissioner selection, so I'm sure he would probably select a Hornet. The, the fact that – because you knew KD wasn't going to play. Adam Silver knows KD's not going to play in this All-Star game. There's going to be injury replacements. Put LaMelo in there first. He is your rising star. He is the future of the NBA. Even Bo Esty says that he's the future of the NBA. You put him in there now. You don't give him that pity invite injury replacement vote. Chris Middleton. Fred Van Fleet or Chris Middleton. Middleton and Van Fleet scream injury replacement. That's literally what they – like, that is what I think of. Ridiculous. Um, but, I mean, back to the Hornets. It's uh, it's kind of weird lately. Like – Yeah, Hayward's coming back, supposedly. It's been really up and down the last few games. Horrible loss to the Clippers. The, the Clippers was horrendous. Celtics hurt. It. Celtics hurt. So, watch that. That hurt. Too little, too late in the end. But I knew that would happen. Robert Williams – coming back like marcus smart going off like josh richardson going for like 25 give me a break we almost choked against the no lebron no ad lakers there's no way it should have been that close there's no way it should have been that close shout out jordan uh being at the game but yeah we're gonna get the we're five and a half point favorites tonight against the Cavs. obviously you'll probably probably be listening to this either tonight during the game or in the or saturday morning uh, you already know the result, but I think the Cavs kill us tonight. I think the Cavs could really have a chance to just run it up on us. I think we're I think we're slowly becoming we our team's just ready for an All Star break. I think so too. I'm excited though. I'm going to the uh, Bulls game on Wednesday, so hopefully we are competitive in that. The last Hornets game I went to was the Suns. We lost by fucking 35. So hopefully the Hornets can be competitive against the Bulls. Uh, all right. Well, we mentioned the Lakers. 
they're having like this weird like forced renaissance by social media all these like bronze sexuals are like yeah like the lakers you better watch out like last time we were healthy yeah. we were good and we were going like, to win the title it's comeback sounds season. like somebody i know sounds like somebody i know in our group chat hmm. certain certain d3 baseball player uh anyways i don't i don't believe i don't believe ad's come back sure they haven't won they lost to the clippers without Kawhi, without pg they like obviously LeBron didn't play, but they still lost to the Clippers. It is so hard for me to bet against LeBron, though. I have been I, I have been burned so many times. Every year I've watched basketball. I don't want LeBron to win. I don't like watching LeBron. It's not that I dislike LeBron as a person. I don't have fun watching LeBron compared to guys like Steph or back in the day, Steve Nash. Or I like watching Zion Williamson 10 times more. I like watching LaMelo 10 times more than LeBron. Yeah, LaMelo, yeah. I- LeBron in the playoffs, though, is it's but, that, it's but that's what I'm saying. I don't want to get burned on that because every time, I'm like, oh, you know, LeBron, uh, they're going to get upset. They just somehow managed to do it. That's why I was so shocked last year when they actually did lose to Phoenix. I think they will be bounced in the first round again. I genuinely do. They're just not good enough. I you think can say whatever you I want to about LeBron. It solely depends on matchup. I agree. I agree. If, like we were Here. talking about earlier, if, it, if it's the Jazz, they probably what, beat the Jazz. What about the Mavericks? I think they wiped the floor with the Mavericks. Memphis. I've never been a believer in the Mavericks. Memphis, I don't know. I don't want to say the wrong thing. I think that would be like a seven-game series. I really do. I 100% believe that, too. The Mavs piss me off because they're just like a worse version of those Rockets Harden teams and less fun to watch with Luka just doing all the Harden things. I agree completely. And the Mavs are just not built to make a run in the playoffs. They're just not. I'm sorry. They put too much on one guy. And that's they Luca's do. fault too, because he doesn't make people better around him. He doesn't. He that's part of his game. He doesn't have yet. He it just seems like the team. Obviously, the team goes as he goes. But like if he has an off night, they have no chance. No, unless Tim Hardaway has his random like thirty burgers. Even then, though, like uh, it's yeah. just sometimes they're hard to watch. I like Luke as a player, but they're hard to watch sometimes. He, the Nuggets. I think they beat the Nuggets. I think they wipe the floor with the Nuggets if that happens. The Lakers Nuggets. Yeah, I think the Lakers would wipe the floor with the Nuggets. I would take the I would take the Nuggets in six. No, no, not with their current roster. Murray Porter. No, I'm saying. Well, they're going to have Murray back by then, right? Will he Will he have been back for like a while? When's he supposed to come back? Isn't he supposed to come back in March? Is it March? I still think I'm taking the Lakers in that series. Maybe they really? won't wipe the floor with them, but I think I'm still taking the Lakers. Yeah. Are you looking it up? I'm looking up his injury right now. Okay, but the one team is the Jazz. They would smoke the Jazz. The Jazz are on a weird downward spiral where they're in a scary situation as a franchise because they were – you know, we, we always talk about this, that the Jazz were just like those, those Toronto teams that finished first in the East, those Hawks yep. teams that finished first in the East that you know just got destroyed. Percent, yep. Or like in football, the Steelers last year starting 11-0, you know they yeah. had zero shot to win the Super Bowl. Those are, there's weird teams like that. That's a weird feeling when like a team's doing really good. Like you can't hate on them, but you have that gut feeling. It's like they are not a threat in any form of like playoff scenario. <laughs> One of the top Google searches is, is Jamal Murray ever coming back? <laughs> he tore in April last year, right? So if it's a year recovery, that's April this year. ACL is not a year though. Usually it is. It's like nine. You can get back in like nine, nine you months. You can, ish. but basketball's. I think he would force know. it if they're in the playoffs. Um, what was Michael – is Michael Porter ever coming back? I think he's shut down for the season. I know for a fact he is, actually. So, they won't have him. But just the current – I think the Lakers would still beat them. I think AD is good enough to if Jamal Murray's Jokic. If Jamal Murray's back and playing, I think the Nuggets would win. I still can't get behind that. I think he'll be rusty. I don't think – But then be. you're saying – okay, but that's the thing. You're contradicting yourself because then you're saying, I don't believe in the Lakers. The Lakers aren't good first round exit those are the teams they're going to be playing against in the first round because they're going to get to that six five seed and they're going to be playing Mavs Jazz Nuggets teams like that the Lakers are going to be in the second round of the playoffs at least. I don't I don't know what to say I think <laughs> if they match up with the Grizzlies they might lose Mavericks I think they could beat the would thing, they beat the Jazz another thing too is like are you that confident in the Lakers against the Warriors in a seven game series I think the Warriors would kill them you think it would be 4-0, 4-1? No, I think it would be 6. I think it would be 4-2. That's so close. I don't know. It really just depends on if Russell Westbrook can figure it out. Because right now he's a liability at times, especially at the 100%. end of the games. 
But like we've that seen, really is what it hinges we've on. We've seen teams just turn it around after the All-Star break. I'm not saying they – like, as how they look right now, This is that's my take. Like, they could easily turn it around and somehow figure it out late in the year and go on a run, and then I'll change my opinion completely. But as of right now, what I've seen the last few games, even without LeBron, with LeBron, whatever, they just don't look – like, I don't think they perform well in a seven-game series. I don't know. I 100% agree with you. I don't like the Lakers. I don't like like watching the Lakers. It's like watching a crappy AAU team with just phenomenal players. It's weird because like it is iso ball and then kick out to like a sub 30% three-point shooter most of the time. Exactly. Like, oh, I want to watch Trevor Reza brick it from the corner or Melo take a turnaround jumper or Kent Bazemore air ball. And then you get a little excited when Malik Monk gets the ball. But if he's not on yeah. a streaky night, it's kind of depressing. Yep. And then Westbrook just flies down there and breaks a mid-range. Like, it's just hard to watch. They're not fun like they used to be. Uh, we mentioned the Jazz. Let's talk about the Jazz for a little bit. Joe Ingles goes down. He's done for the year. I think his NBA career might be over. I think he might – I think Bo hinted at it on Twitter as well that he might be going to Australia. They just interviewed him. I saw something today on Twitter. He was like, of course I want to come back to the NBA, make a return. So this is my dream, whatever. But I kind of agree with you. What is he, like mid-30s right now? 35. He is 35? I believe so. He's because he joined the league when he was like 29. 35. I didn't know that. Joe Ingles is turning 35. He might be done then because he's on an expiring deal. Mm-hmm. Who's going to, I think maybe he might have one more stop, but he wouldn't last long. Like maybe a return. And then after that, maybe Australia. I don't know. He might be done. The jet and the jet. We mentioned this. The Jazz aren't a bad spot. We're seeing these like articles leak out that Donovan Mitchell feels like he's too big for Salt Lake and all this. Mm-hmm. My thing is Rudy Gobert is not good enough to be your second guy, maybe even your third guy on a championship winning team. Rudy not Gobert has to be a sure. third, fourth option. Like you got, you got to have streaky shooters around him if you want to win a title. Like you can't have Gobert as like an offensive, any form of offensive focal point. And he's, he can be a liability at defense at the end of game sometimes when he has to go out to the three-point line. You want to hear a hot take I have? He will never be, like, because he's at such a high level right now, and, like, he's multiple defense player of the year, multiple-time all-star, so you have to pay him big money. But you're screwing yourself. Because in the playoffs, yep. he's not worth it. You could spend that money on somebody else and make a much deeper run. So many teams fall into that trap that they just have to do. It's like the Vikings with Kirk Cousins. They had to sign Kirk Cousins. He was the next quarterback up, needed that deal. You don't want to go through that rebuilding process again because you lose season tickets. You, mm-hmm. you guys are going to be bad again. You have to go through the draft, all that. There's so many mm-hmm. unknowns. Then you're like, okay, if we get this guy, he can take us to the playoffs. And maybe if we build a good defense around it, we can maybe get to the Super Bowl, something like that. That's the same yeah. thing with guys like Rudy Gobert in the NBA. Any team he's on is not going to go far because he demands so much salary, so much attention. They don't have the space or whatever it may be to sign another player to take him to that next level. Like, I would rather have, I honestly God, I think I'd rather have a lower tier all star, maybe it's like Go Bears and all star. Maybe I'd rather have like Darius Garland plus like a young upcoming center like Rashad Holmes or somebody over Go Bear. No question. Wait, like both of them together? Yeah. Cause like, oh, absolutely. I would rather have Darius Garland than Go Bear. I think so too. Oh my gosh. I think I would take every other all star in the all-star voting right now than Rudy Gobert. You want to talk about pity invite all-star games? Mike Conley last year. Mike Conley That was the year. biggest pity. He averaged like 16 points when he got in the all-star game. Give me a break. That's, what, yeah, that's also why they're not That's going the thing. In. Mike Conley, like he's not he's a washed. point guard that's not going to take you there. He's washed. He's another one of those guys that's like, oh, like, he's a pretty good player, respectable reputation. He's not taking you to the finals. The Jazz did not sell high on guys like Rudy Gobert. I mean, you, you had to get rid – you have like – you had to get rid of get rid of get rid of Rudy Gobert when he was at his peak because yeah. everybody knew it. Those are the tough decisions you have to make. And they, but if you're the Jazz, you can't do that. He's a multiple time defensive player of the year, and nobody All-Star. wants to come to Utah in free agency. Yeah, that's just a rough situation because like he's a great player, like he helps you win games from the regular season. We see it year in and year out, and then in the playoffs, he's almost a non factor. Sometimes you can't have your second highest paid player be a non factor in the playoffs. That's you just can't have it. Another weird team I wanted to mention. I don't think we've like ever talked about them on here. The Clippers are okay without Paul George and Kawhi. They're a weird team. It's almost like it's almost like how they were a couple years ago before like, they came there. Luke Kennard's better than Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> it's like that team that won two games against the Warriors. Yeah. Like whenever um 
what was it like Patrick Beverly and all of them were like freaking out. But it was before Kawhi came there and they like won those two games against the Warriors. It's almost like that team. There's not like a set superstar. It's a bunch of like mm-hmm. proven role players. Those just like well that, those gritty like eight seven seasons that may have get. They yeah, have exactly. those DJ Augustine games that somehow they're like, oh, we made the playoffs. They have no chance of winning. I don't think so either. And I don't even know if they'll get in this year. They'll get, I mean, they'll be in the play in. Yeah, I don't think they'll make the playoffs though. So, oh, okay. Last bit of news and then we'll be done here. <laughs> the Trailblazers are maybe the dumbest franchise in all of basketball now. They're slowly, slowly, slowly. Not slowly, I guess, becoming the Charlotte Bobcats one by one. Explain. All right. So let me pull up the exact details of the trade. Because today they traded Norman Powell and Robert Covington for Justice Winslow. I think Keon Johnson. Wait, what? Did you not see the trade today? I've been in class all day. I haven't really been on my phone at all. Oh, why did we start the podcast then? Wait, what the hell? You didn't see that trade? You can you can have my real-time reaction now. All right, yeah, here it is. Clippers are trading Eric Bledsoe, Justice Winslow, Keon Johnson, and a future second-round pick to the Trailblazers for Norman Powell and Robert Covington. Okay, so Norman Powell and Covington are going to the Clippers, and then Bledsoe, Winslow, and Keon Johnson are going to the – I don't like that for the Blazers. I don't like that at all. Well, they have to do it because of salary cap stuff. They didn't have a choice. And also – Because isn't Powell making a lot? Powell's making a lot. They signed Powell to a massive deal. Robert Covington, they traded two first-round picks for. They are just wasting. Norman Powell was traded for Gary Trent Jr., who is arguably all-star caliber player. He has been going off the last week, two weeks. He's been going off ever since the bubble. He's averaging 18 this year. 18. He is a good player, and they had him in the building and could have re-signed him. For not that much. Like, at the time, he wasn't averaging 18. No. And they traded him for Norman Powell. Gave up two first-round picks for a washed-up Robert Covington. I can't believe they're doing this just because, ah, I mean, I guess for salary cap, but, like, Nasser Little's out for a while, so, like, they're going to have to, like, really play Justice Winslow. The, dis- and- the discussion now is, do the Blazers fully believe that it's time to go tank mode and now they're shopping Lillard so, and McCollum? Because I think so, but this doesn't make any sense to me. I guess the salary, sure, but, like, you bring in Eric Bledsoe, who's way past his prime. You've already got an Efri Simon starting while Lillard's out. When Lillard comes back, it's going to be him, McCollum. Like, you're just taking minutes away from your young guys because you know Bledsoe's going to play. Oh, did you just see this? What? From Shams? I don't have I don't have my phone on. Where? The 76ers are expected to pursue Brooklyn's James Harden ahead of NBA tread de- deadline Thursday, and the Nets are now open to discussing a deal involving Ben Simmons. No, oh, I just saw that. No way. I think that's stupid on both parts. I think that's so dumb. The thing is, you got to remember, attitude is so big in bask in sports, and I don't know if there's two worse attitude guys than James Harden and Ben Simmons. And I think a change of scenery might completely shift them. Complete. I think James Harden is going to be in Philadelphia no matter what. Well, okay, so what does Philly give up for Harden besides Ben Simmons? Because Harden's clearly more valuable than Ben Simmons. If I'm if I'm the Nets, I say nothing less than Ben Simmons Tybal? and Tyrese Maxey. Oh, or, or Tybal. Or Tybal. I think it's got. I think Maxey or Tybal. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And I don't think they're going to trade Maxey. If they trade Tyrese Maxey, I think they're stupid. I think Tybal is a little more expendable than him. That would be crazy. Although, if you think about it, the Nets need depth. They need def- defense, Ben Simmons. Depth, they could get Tybal or Tyrese Maxey, whoever it may I be. I don't hate the trade at all. If you're can, if you able, if they <sighs> NBA or New York City, they change their vaccine rules, and you have Kyrie every game in the playoffs, I don't hate that move. I don't either because Durant provides so much scoring. And, and-, and Ben Simmons doesn't want to score the ball. He's looking exactly. for these other guys. Exactly, and Harden is a score first. Well, pass first. Eh. He's more, bl- first. Yeah, he, more so than he's Harden first, is what we should say. Who? Okay, if you had told me four years ago that Harden would be getting traded every year, being discussed in <laughs> trade them, I would have said he's way too big a star. No way. But that's just how it is. But that's I, I would have always thought he's one of those players like Kawhi, just like oh, he signed somewhere, and then like there's no like there's no ever trade talk to If somebody tweeted out, I think I'm buying in uh, Anthony Doyle, whatever Sam Quinn quoted it. I think I'm buying into a little on the Portland's uh, front office wants to move on from Dame, but needs to ask him to walk out conspiracy. Conspiracy. Yeah. 
needs to ask him to walk out. Like he, he needs to leave because d- apparently Dame doesn't want to leave, but the Wizards That's are stupid go on his part. The Wizards are going to go through the same thing with Bradley Bill. is going to want to leave, and if Lillard's smart, he'll get out because they are a dumpster fire right now. I have a conspiracy theory about that. Let's, Let's hear do it. this. I think Lillard's scared to go to a contender because I don't think he can actually do it. I don't think he can. No, I, I don't think he can win a title. This. I don't think he'd go somewhere like. And I, I don't think, know. Like you, I think he's hiding out in Portland to say, "Oh, he had such a great career. He just got screwed by Portland. He, he never had the right legacy. roster around. He never him. had the yeah. right roster around him, and everything. He led that crap team to a conference finals against the Warriors. He just had no chance against the Warriors. It'd be like Dirk if he never won. Yep. Yeah, or something like that. You know, like a. I don't know. Dirk had that one title. So, like, if Dirk never won that title, kind of like, like oh. I mean, kind of like Steve Nash, but like not really because Steve Nash played at the Mavericks. Yeah. I, that makes total sense though, because I don't think he could be the guy. And it would have been like it would have been like a lesser version. This would have been a lesser version. It's like Kemba Walker and Charlotte if he would have never left. Yeah, I agree. And, and that's Lillard's, what we might see if he moves on. Yes, Lillard's a lot better than Kemba Walker. I'm not saying that, but I think Lillard is a little scared to go to a title contender and then lose in get the that, finals. Get that scrutiny. Get that spotlight yep. on you. Go to some big market team who you know high expectations right now. Portland, eh, okay. Like, whatever. You go somewhere like New York, Chicago, L.A., wherever, get those expectations set on you. I don't know if you could do it. I agree. That's a very nice take from you. And then C.J. McCollum, I just believe he's a fourth guy on a team now. He's not it anymore. He's not. He had a couple of good years, got injured a couple of times. He's Can't just, stay healthy. What's his contract like? I'm curious. Is it? Dude, there was some wild news came out while we were doing this. We expect yeah, this to go like 25 minutes. NBA teams view CJ McCollum's $100 million contract as slightly negative value for trade purposes. I don't know what great. Okay. Now let's move back to this. And he's 30 years old. He's turning 30. We've talked about this on previous podcasts. Would you rather trade? If you're, if, if you're Portland, who do you go after with Lillard? I mean, I think obviously first and foremost, it would have to be Harden. I don't think that would happen though. Really, make sense. I, I would not go after Nets. Harden. I, I don't think it makes sense for the Trailblazers. Who would you go after then? You, I think you have to go some after someone young. I think you have to somehow get into a three-way deal if you can. But I genuinely believe Ben Simmons or someone like that. I'm not saying Ben Simmons, but I think Jalen Brown's their best bet. That's a good one. Or uh, what about uh, Zion? I 100%. I don't think the Pelicans would do that yet. I don't think they're at that point. Well, for <sighs> it depends what they get. If they made it a three-way and like the Pelicans were able to get a bunch of nice pieces, also that that's another thing. Pelicans need to move on from Brandon Ingram. He's just the we said this a couple weeks ago. He's, he's the most not a winner. Ir- irrelevant guy in the league right now. The most irrelevant guy in the league. Well, he's just not a winner. He's, he's just not. One of those he's, guys is just not a winner. Puts up numbers on a bad team. That's just how it is. Yep. But uh, not Brandon Ingram. But I mean, Dame Lillard. Who do you- I really don't know at this point. I mean. If I was the Pelicans, I would be call I would be calling Philadelphia and be like, "We'll give you Brandon Ingram for Ben Simmons." And if you're Philly, I don't think you do that. I think you could get more than Brandon Ingram from. Depends ben how patient you want to be, but I think I think Daryl Morey knew this whole time that James Harden was going to eventually end up on the Philadelphia 76ers. That's why he, he never to. budged on Ben Simmons. He had to, but Ingram and Ingram and Embiid wouldn't work together. I don't think Harden and Embiid could probably work together. But Ingram, that team might make the finals. I think they should. I've said this before. The Sixers' best shot was the year they had Jimmy Butler. But if they get James Harden, they would have another legitimate shot. But the thing is, okay, okay, Todd, what do you do with Tobias Harris then? Because they've been looking to package him with Ben Simmons. The Nets couldn't do that cap-wise. There's no way. So what do you do with Tobias Harris? You you have to find some third team to get involved and mortgage your future. I think they have to get rid of Tobias Harris when they bring in James Harden. I feel like you could get a decent amount for him. Like, I don't – Tobias Harris, nobody wants him. Is still with a contract? Yeah. Yeah. And he's – You know what the funny thing is situation. about all this? They haven't been great lately because they're Clay slowly coming back. I love the Warriors. I think – I just – I hope they win the title so badly. I don't mind Andrew Wiggins. I like it. Like, everybody's freaking out about him being an all-star. Good for him. No, I, I, I like – I just – there's no team like other than the Hornets, just because they're the Hornets. You'd listen to Eric Collins. They're so fun to watch. Highlight team, Showtime mm-hmm. East. The Warriors are the most fun, fundamental, they are. everything basketball team to watch. 
Let me just real quick. How in the fuck did Draymond Green make the All-Star game? That's conspiracy. That's big conspiracy. You want to know why? He's averaging 7-7-7. Seven, seven, and seven. The Warriors are not good enough to have three All-Stars. They knew he wasn't going to play for injury replacement, so they decided to put him on there, and then he immediately announced he wasn't going to play. It's just like a fucking Mickey Mouse All-Stars, what that was. Give me a break. Give me a break. I think but, that's horrible. And the, But then guys like LaMelo Ball, who actually deserved to get in the All-Star game, I know it's separate conferences, relax. No, but he, uh, LaMelo Ball deserved a real invite and not these pity injury replacement invites. Like, did you actually make the All-Star game if you got an injury replacement invite? No, you did. You weren't one of the top 12 players in the conference, so you did. This is what it is. And, hey, I'll tell you what else. DeJounte Murray should have gotten under Draymond Green. One million percent. That's bullshit. He's averaging like 20, what, 29 and 8, I think. And the Spurs are not good, but they're playing potential. 29 and 8. And then you can put in Draymond, who's 7, 7, and 7. Yeah, he's got good defense. DeJounte Murray averages, what, like two steals? He leads the league in steals. All right. The last, last thing we'll talk about. Whatever. Like, super quick. Have you looked at the bottom of the West where the 10 seed for the play-in tournament, if the Trailblazers are actually tanking, we're going to have a team, either the Pelicans, the Spurs, or the Kings, make the play-in tournament. I think it'll be the Kings. I think it'll be the Kings. I mean, I don't think it'll be the Pelicans. No, and it'll be the Kings or the Spurs if the Blazers really start losing games, which they probably will. That's hilarious. That's going to be a complete ass blasting. That's a cakewalk for the Lakers if they stay in the playing tournament. Or whoever, the, the Timberwolves would be playing them right now, whoever jumps Portland. I think the T-Wolves will get into the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. I think whoever – I think I think uh, Clippers and who was the – I think Clippers and whoever the 10th seed are, are going to get knocked out. Exactly. I think it will stay exactly how it is right now except the Lakers will jump the Clippers and that will be the, the eight. All right, well, that's enough from us today. Make I sure just got fired up. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm ready. We got Duke Carolina tomorrow, BYU Gonzaga. Make sure to check out the YouTube page, CarterCast YouTube page. Subscribe, like to the videos. Follow us on TikTok at CarterCast. Follow us on Twitter at Connor underscore Sparrow at CarterB8. Make sure to check out the website coming soon, CarterCast.com. That is CarterCast.com, K-A-R-T-E-R-K-A-S-T.com. Check it out. Make sure you subscribe, rate, review, and we will see y'all either Monday or Tuesday. Bye.